I think I'm in the moment of a TikTok going, beginning to go viral. <laughs> I didn't know you were so into sports. I didn't think that was even funny. Is that the one you're talking about? It is. Yeah. I guess if you make a four second TikTok, anyone will watch it, right? Mm-hmm. episode of gay agenda. agenda hi sweet pea hi baby gorgeous um i wish i was as comfy as you today in this gorgeous robe i like I i'm told... gonna start bringing a robe maybe i should leave one here maybe you should i'm serious have your own robe yeah i think i, I earned that i think you did too i'd be pretty tempted to wear it when you weren't here though yeah <laughs> um, that's okay keep it warm for me i know i can i i am tempted to look at the I didn't realize how much I wore robes until lately, and I was like, I should probably... I've had this robe for like a decade. There's something very regal about a robe. Yeah. Well, speaking of robes, this is a bit of a stretch, but I am absolutely fascinated and obsessed with the ultimatum. Oh. And what led me to bring that up is Colby, cute as pie, Mm. brought his own robe with him to the experiment. So every time they're in that apartment, he's got his little wilderness robe on the uh, contestants of that show are pretty polarizing i uh, who are you who are your fan favorites who are you i will just say to your point there i find that this first season of the ultimatum is one of the best reality show castings i've ever experienced yeah i mean it is the content is pretty you can tell they're feeling it they're feeling it but to your question I am a hardcore fan of Randall, Jake, mm-hmm. and I liked Colby until he really was just like a piece of shit. Yeah, I just got to that episode yeah. now, and I was like, oh. He is a whiny little boy. But I love Jake and Ray. I think there's a real spark there. Yeah. I love the way that April just, you know, kept it together in a lot of ways. Yeah. I loved how real and raw the experiment was, so much so that there was that first couple that sort of face the ultimatum before they even separated. Well, yeah, I mean... They, it's really good. I mean, they're going into retirement. They're going they should. Into, yeah. They're, they're 76. Uh, I, um... I, who my, are your favorites? My opinions, they keep changing as I'm watching it. It's like, uh... God, I, at the beginning, I wasn't a fan of... Madeline, is that her name? The Bond one? Madeline. Might have a drinking problem. Madeline is definitely intoxicated for most of the show, and she does read as, like, alcoholic. But Madeline is the only one that's forcing the really constructive dialogues as well. Listen, these shows, I know these producers are pushing booze on these contestants. So I'm not giving anyone flack for their... If I was still drinking and was on a reality show, I'd be hammered too. How could you not be? Um... She definitely brings some levity to the show. I do really like Shanique. I think she's I do love Shanique. so hot. Yes. Shanique she's is beautiful. so hot. Her and Randall are so hot. They're a beautiful um, couple. April, I liked in the beginning, and now is rubbing me the wrong way. Yes, and that is that should be the case. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the guys I'm kind of blah about, they all seem a little, like, sterile to me. I, like... Just how many episodes are you in? I just finished the episode where Madeline was like 
where Colby showed up at the bar and she's with some friends and she's pretty drunk and then he like they got in some kind of fight and all of her girlfriends were like, you have to get out of there. Like you are eating what he's feeding you. Okay, so you're already when they're living back with each other. Yeah. I love the dinner that Shanique took Zay to at their house and his vulnerability and the way that the parents were speaking with him. Yeah. And that whole dynamic and the way the grandma yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, you know, was like, you got me, you can call me. Yeah. It, it's like, it's, I am hysterically laughing. I am crying. Yeah. I'm falling in love. Yeah. We had this chat about worst person in the world. Yes. I saw everything everywhere all at once. I'm not gonna, you've heard it from a billion people. Go see this movie. It's unbelievable. Laughed, cried. There's moments where it feels like jackass. And then there's moments where it feels like the most beautiful piece of dramatic art house move. It's unreal. Michelle. And back from his retirement is the yes. actor who plays Short Round in Indiana yes. Jones. He is. In the Goonies. And unbelievable. I love him. Unbelievable. Indy! Yeah, yeah. He, I saw an interview where he was um, talking about that, how he got casted in it. Or what was Again, it? we're on the same algorithm. Yeah, 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 we are, we are, we are. He's oh, just so great. So aside from our failed attempt at stand-up last night, which yes. I guess wasn't a fail, we the attempt was real. The, the attempt was real. The follow-through of getting our names chosen via but luck. But fate, you know, we we'll trust we it relied and on lean fate. into it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel now being back on this train? Um, how do you feel? I was thinking about this, and I wanted to talk to you about this. Now that you're doing stand-up again, and like I am, you know, trying to. Do you feel like you look and observe the world and your interactions with people in different ways, like trying to find jokes? Or is it like a really sacred time where you're like, I'm gonna sit down and write and think about jokes? I don't think I'm necessarily walking around with that lens on, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely more in tune to cataloging those experiences, yeah. taking the notes. Putting the notes in the phone. But again, like I said last time, like I was sitting on the toilet and this whole thing just came through me. Like mm -hmm. the other day in the shower, this whole thing came through me. And I yeah. think that going through life and having those experiences and then having it kind of reflect back mm -hmm. out onto the page or yeah. through my fingers on my phone. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. But it is kind of sacred. Yeah. Because it does kind of come through my body. Totally. A but, very stream of consciousness. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I witnessed something like going into the theater or being there, if I would be ready to talk about it right there in that moment. Sure. Like, yeah. I think I would have to process it and put it into words first. Yeah. But I find that it's, I'm, I've taken a lot of the burden of like putting myself in the right place, being in the right mindset, you know, putting my body in, in the right place to mm -hmm. do this or yeah. write for this. Yeah. I just kind of took that stress away. Totally. And I th find myself finding, I'm finding ways to be a little bit more relaxed up there too. Mm -hmm. Like even just writing yesterday, I was like, oh my God, like I haven't really talked like this before or, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't been this sassy yet. Yeah. So yeah, I think totally. I'm unraveling on stage in the right way. For sure. It is tough. I mean, just going back a little bit, I don't think that I could sit, I don't find that I could sit down and write and be funny. I find that I have to sit down and edit mm. what I've written. Yeah, like yeah. I'm writing as I go, it's coming through me, I'm noting it, and then I will sit down and I'll edit and I'll practice. But I mean, also it's just like, I don't think I necessarily want to go there and tell them something that they don't already know. I want to relate to them, but from yeah. my perspective, and then find the funny inside that. 
Yeah. That life. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, yeah. it's like, um, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit, but like, I feel I can do so well with autobiographical stuff. Um, the hardest thing for me is observational comedy. Like I, which like it is and it isn't like, I feel, I think observational comedy is for me easy to do within like a tweet or a one sentence TikTok, but to like have a monologue expound on this, like, and that's the tricky thing is like, it's the way that you see the thing has to relate to like how the audience might see it or you like present it in a surprising way like the best comics do. And that's really hard to do. Like, how do you talk about brushing your teeth in like a new, innovative, funny way, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I always like to think like the most basic thing about connecting to somebody and just life in general is that we all, every single one of us, we all do the same three things, mm-hmm. essentially. We eat, mm-hmm. we poop, we fuck. Yeah. It's how we do those things mm-hmm. that make us individuals or set yeah. us apart yeah. or create you know boundaries between us but yeah eat pray love eat pray love epf um well good i'm happy i got a kick oh my gosh (laughs) stroking out you gotta pick your brain um but i think that you maybe are challenging yourself which is good to be more observational or write in a different way than you have instead of fully flushing out the fact that maybe you're a storyteller comedian and Maybe, I think I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your approach. Yeah. Instead of worrying about how you realize somebody else can be super funny in this way mm-hmm. and you want to be oh, funny too, yes. you're finding a way yes. in their equation to be funny. Yes. It's yeah. so much easier to observe other comedians and see what works for them and want to do that and then see, because that's the whole thing with stand-up comedy. It's like your jokes, yes, but the the person that you are and the way you deliver things like is mutually exclusive with what you're doing. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, short, quippy, punchy jokes might not be believable coming out of my mouth, but a story probably is. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, what? And you only and you only figure that out doing open mics, baby. Trial and error, yeah. trial and error, baby. But I mean, like we were saying last night, like it is daunting. But mm-hmm. I think the most daunting thing is the bit of going there, putting your name in the bucket. It's yeah. not going up on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's you, the that courage. you're ready for. That's you want to do so badly. That's like the, um, I equate that to the audition, which is hilarious. Like that, the name bucket ritual feels like going in and being seen by the, because the actual booking the gig, it's like, yeah, and that's going up on stage in terms of stand up. It's like, that's fine. You already got it. Mm-hmm. If you eat shit, whatever. If you do great, that's also fine. People are going to forget about it in a day. Yeah. I mean, people are always going to have an opinion. The easiest thing to have an opinion about is something that's already been done. Yep. I was thinking about this morning when I had that stand-up show all those years ago at that lounge. I mean, I used to get so much pushback from these male comedians about what they thought would be, you know, what would be better. I was giving them 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was giving them a cut of the door. Mm-hmm. I was setting up the stage in a really beautiful way. Yep. And they couldn't bring anybody in on their own. And they had all these opinions. And I'm just thinking like, I'm the one doing this. Like if you wanted to start a show and do it your way, yeah. go and do your own show. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, there's always an opinion about something that's already been done. Mm-hmm. We are, we all have opinions. I've been giving my opinion on this show for three years, but hey, it's like, Go out and do something. Why are you trying to beat the shit out of me Yeah. for how you think it can be better when I'm the one trying to give you the chance? Right, exactly. Thank you. Don't, don't, where are you, who are you? Yeah. 
Anyways, you know who really needs to be given a chance who? is Carrie Underwood. And this has really been on my Whoa. mind. And I know that this is so random, but she's having a bit of a comeback. She came back and she performed at the Grammys. She looked like shit. Mm-hmm. The whole room cleared out when she performed. They struggled to find one famous face to put a camera on when her performance was over. Why? Then she shows at the CMT Awards or the CMA Awards. She just, she needs somebody to look after her. Like, her outfits are shit. I What's just, going on with Carrie Underwood? I don't know. What's going on with me right now? Yeah, I you did it. I feel like a sassy wave came over I just you. got this. I've just been thinking about this. I mean, I think she just deserves so much more. Carrie Underwood. And she just is not, you know, the outfits are crap. The, it's just, give her a chance. I'm so broke. I'm miserable. I mean, hey, we're all miserable, but I hate my job. <laughs> Putting that on the record. Ah. I love that. I love that you said I'm miserable because you know what? Everyone I know is miserable. Right and now. they are. It is it, through this aggressive discomfort met with our age that brings brilliance. If we were younger, we would tell ourselves, well, time will pass. I'm this age. It'll get better. And now we refuse to let too much time pass and be mm-hmm. like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change things if things aren't changing right now. And I'm exactly where you're at. It's, yeah. um, there's a, there's a moment where it's like, oh, I kind of need to grow the fuck up and like tell people what I need, you know, well, I gotta then, be an adult. Okay. Not to be like all over the place here, but that's one of the things about the ultimatum is that they're forced to have these really yeah, direct, yes. co- but seriously, <laughs> no, it conversations. Is, yeah. and I'm sitting there watching and I'm thinking like these 23, 24, 25 year olds are making these really concise decisions about what they think the rest of their life looks like when it comes mm-hmm. to relationships. Yeah. And it's like, I love that for the generation mm-hmm. of that age that's watching that and being forced to digest yeah. those kind of really direct questions. Cause I don't think a lot of people have a lot of confidence yeah. to ask those kind of questions anymore. Totally. And to also like force them to be mature and mm-hmm. force people that are older than that mm-hmm. to be mature enough to have the confidence to ask those yes. questions. Yeah. But we all have to just go through life and start asking more questions. Absolutely. We have all just been pussyfooting around each other forever, trying not to piss anybody off, mm-hmm. be friends with everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, look where we are now. Look where we are now. We're all at home. We're all at home. In a robe. I, it's the, and to jump off what you just said, like, to be a creative person is to constantly fight for your own shit and say that you're worth the time or the views or the job or whatever constantly job mm-hmm. after job after job and it's like that perseverance and that resilience <sighs> we've got plenty of time we do you have until your last breath yeah yeah we put way too much pressure on ourselves and imagine so all the people pressure. that give up on those dreams and take those comfortable mm-hmm. jobs or yeah. those quote real jobs before they turned 30 because yeah. they felt like that was the only time they had well it's the currency of youth but it's also something that i get excited about seeing now in popular culture is the shift from the currency of youth to people in their 30s 40s 50s beyond getting really big meaty jobs seeing casts that are made up of people in their 30s 40s 50s 60s and um having stories told by people especially in their 30s and 40s that are those of you know, people who don't have it all figured out and typically, or I guess stereotypically, like younger stories because it's like, yeah, people in their 30s don't have it figured out. A lot of people in their 40s don't have it figured out and beyond. Um, So I think it's a really exciting time to make so much more room up for people like us to be a part of telling stories and doing comedy and all these things. You don't have, you know, you're not dead at 25 now. No, no. Good Lord.
Good lord. God, we've really went for the jugular today. I mean, we got, we, we're not wasting any more time. We're not wasting any more yeah. time. This is a rant podcast <laughs> now. If you thought we were going to be talking about shoes and purses and Netflix. Maybe tune in next week. Yeah, yeah. We maybe, talked about Netflix. We talked about all that today. Yeah, fuck it. What am I saying? Yeah. Do you ever look at those Instagram um, populated profiles that come up where it's like people you may know? Yes. I saw recently that those are the people that stalk your profiles. No, that can't be right. I don't know. Maybe it is. Hmm. It's a lot of babies and it's a lot of dogs, which makes me think those are definitely Finstas. Those are Finstas. That people that you created for your animals or your gorgeous baby. And then you used to and then you prey stalk on, <laughs> prey innocent, on innocent bottoms. On innocent bottoms. <laughs> right on innocent city-dwelling uh, bottoms. Yeah. Oh, good so, God. Alex Tanner You know what time it is Of course I do It's time Quick fire questions Quick fire I'm surprised we haven't tapped that book out I just I feel like we did last week I feel like we might have Because I was like We did this We did this Have you ever been faced with an ethical dilemma? Explain that a little bit for me Like I I picture Okay Ethical um, Like You saw someone rob a store but the person that was robbing the store is your best friend mm. you're like oh god what do i do i report that you know what i mean not that but well that to book. continue on kind of where we were right before this with my ex we went to um we went to lake geneva and mm-hmm. there was another couple with us who had a kid and the guy was like stealing all these toys out of these little shops for their kid their stealing baby toys. and so i'm standing there kind of like watching him not like at a toys r us but it was like it was yeah it was very uncomfortable whoa yeah but i'm not that person that's going to go live on citizen or yeah. you know <laughs> no 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 something like that but yeah i was like hmm and that was a little bit a part of obviously why yeah, how do you interject? I was like, that? how do we? I saw you how are take... we gonna? How are we gonna talk about this? Right. Yeah, and if it's like if I see you doing this now, how does that behavior extrapolate? Did you bring it up? No. No. But I never went over there again. Yeah, freaky. It was just uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Um. God, an ethical dilemma. It's almost like a Saw movie. Like, are you going to cut your leg off or are you going to let the other person die? Where is, yeah, where is the, um, what are you forfeiting? I think I I will, like, be a hero when there's, like, uh, no consequence. What I mean by that is, like, uh, the other month I saw someone, um, like, throw, I think it was, what was it? It was, like, a, it was, like, a, a green ginger ale bottle on the ground mere steps away from a trash can. And they walked well beyond, you know, where they could hear me. And I go, nice. But that was to myself. And I threw it away. And I was like, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't want to put myself in any real danger, but I want to feel like I I was audibly and actionally the bigger person. I don't understand if somebody in that moment is just like, fuck it. Because it's like at my job, people will leave trash. Yeah. Or like... In shoes, you will get like those try-on little booties. Yeah. I watched somebody the other day just throw them on the ground. Are you a litter bug? I'm like, am you, I a trash man? Do you know how easy it is to be in a facility and go up to someone who works there and be like, hey, do you have a trash can you can throw this in or that I can throw in? So, and, and I'm not even going to hand you the trash. I'm going to walk with you to the trash can and yeah, throw it away myself. Yeah. And I get, Chicago, we don't have a lot of trash cans around here. Hold on to your shit until you find some place to put it. Is chivalry dead? My Question God. Point? That's the least we can do. 
If we're not throwing our garbage away, let alone holding the door for anybody. No, or... no, no, no. People don't care. No. People do not care. Why should I other. care if you don't care? Uh, correct. <laughs> exactly. I will say this has nothing to do with littering, but the other day I was thinking about the ethics of sitting, being at a restaurant and there's a table next to you. The people have vacated the table, but there's still like scraps of food left. And I was sitting with my friend and on this adjacent table, there was a whole cookie that had not been touched and not been eaten. It was part of their dessert menu. And I was like, should we just take that cookie? They're going to throw it away. And then as I'm, as I'm having this thought, the cookie's being taken away by, and I get it because they're like, well, if you want a cookie, you need to pay for it. But I'm like, you're just going to throw it away. Can we eat the cookie? The cookie was paid for. Correct. Yeah. <sighs> Do you know that they don't plant any female trees anymore because of the fruit that they bear? So they only plant male trees. Why is that? So people can't get free food. Are you free kidding fruit? Me? Yeah, and male trees are more. Um, they create more pollen, so allergies are only going to get worse and worse and worse. Oh my god. TikTok. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What do you do when you can't get to sleep? Try to go to sleep. I mean, I definitely am like, why am I still awake? But I will take a magnesium mm. tea or mm. I'll have, you know, a lavender chamomile. Mm-hmm. But I don't like melatonin. I don't take z I don't take... Yeah. Um, I hate even taking allergy pills. Yeah. So, I mean, if... Like, my last resort sometimes is like two Advil, honestly. Okay. That'll put you to bed? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. But I do smoke pot. So I do have yeah. that. Um, it's illegal here. You can yeah, say I do smoke pot. There was two, those two girls yeah. smoking that I joint outside of pot. Laugh Factory. Yeah, 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 yeah. At first I'm thinking like, okay, hold on. Go to the smoking area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then exactly. I'm like, okay, but wait, wait, no. I'm like, wait, no, I, it's, yeah. we can. We can. Um, I agree with you. My last ditch effort is melatonin only because of how awful I feel the next day. Now, it's weird. And yeah. I feel like it doesn't c- kick in until I wake up. Yeah. Do you want to know what I do now? And I'll read you. You listen to Hollison by Bonnie I, Bear. I do. And if that doesn't work, I open Happy Color, a coloring page app. Mm. I open I Love Hue, a color rearranging app. And I open Redecor, where I um, interior decorate fake people's homes. That's fun. And then people vote on it. Actually, I want to see if any of my rooms have been voted on. Please. Because a live community... <gasps> Results are ready huh? for my doggo's dream house. Tenth position? Oh, that's bullshit. That's not real. What the fuck? I've gotten ones and twos on my other ones. I will say it wasn't a great room. Keep it up. It was a purple and orange. I thought it would be playful. People don't like color anymore. They don't. Beiges and grays. <laughs> fuck off. Well, with that tornado of a fucking episode... <laughs> Don't apologize for us. I won't apologize for us. Good. I have been saying the F word a lot this episode, though. Well, we are rated explicit on Apple, so we're True. just living up to our rating. You know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Um, but listen, trust us. Trust us. <laughs> if anyone... Go out there. Take a chance. The difference between people that are doing it and you sitting at home is just doing it. So do it. Correct. And next week, we'll find out what you did. So... Yeah. Love ya. Love you.